Honk. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time. Honk. For the main event. Welcome everybody to Honk If You Love Wrestling Podcast. Introducing first from wherever, rain, whatever, freshly squeeze. Two. And now, the best in the world, Mr. Rizzo. Welcome to the Honk If You Love Wrestling Podcast. Myself, Mr. Rizzo, and TBZ will be discussing the subjective art form professional wrestling this week by breaking down the A and A and E documentary about Dusty Rhodes. NXT Spring Breaking, new championship in AEW, the annexation of Puerto Rico, and I complain more about the draft. Let's start the show. How's it going, TBZ? We're, we're annexing Puerto Rico now? <laughs> I want to jump to it, but Matt Riddle talked about sure, the annexation sure. of Puerto Rico. We'll get to it later. It just I'm, I'm pointing out what grabbed my attention in this open here. <laughs> little, tease, yeah, I, little tease, little tease. But I feel like I do need to call myself out. I uh, I was listening to last week's episode, and I realized I uh, I made a blunder. Um, I had said that it would be cool that Liv and Sonya Deville would be a good pairing because they had history together, and I was referring to Fire and Desire as their tag team. And I that is the correction I wish to make because Liv was not in that tag team. It was Mandy Rose. And so it wasn't I thought Liv was Mandy. It's I literally thought Liv was in that tag team, so I was incorrect there. Uh, so I just want to make that little housekeeping note. I, uh, I do apologize. I do know my wrestling. It's you know. <laughs> got the right tag team. Eventually we got, there we got go. you. We know, you know, your stuff. <laughs> we got you. So yeah, we're going to talk about some wrestling this week. We're talking about some AEW, WWE. I don't know. We're going to jump right in with some wrestling. I don't know a lot, a lot of outside the ring news. Just, uh, just uh, watching the shows from last week, Dynamite, which is, I gotta be honest. I fell asleep watching it the first time. But the second time I watched Dynamite, like everything about it was great. But you want to talk about like the four pillars, which with MJF and Darby and Sammy Guevara and uh, Jungle Boy, which is, I don't know. Yeah, I was just going to say there. it was refreshing to not have a active week of news for wrestling so we could focus more on the actual wrestling. <laughs> well said, well said. But yes, yeah, the um, the show started off with a promo. Um, now the details I'm a little hazy on, like, I don't know who came out to start the promo, but it, it base my notes indicate that this is basically setting up what I had called month, uh, weeks ago is that we were going to have a, what I had called was a fatal four way or triple threat to see who had the right to fight MJF. Instead of that, we're getting a quote tournament, which I kind of laugh at because it's like three people isn't a tournament. Let's get real. You know, like, I, I don't know when I hear tournament, I'm expecting at least six to eight. You know, so that it's just exactly I'm stuck in a bracket that I get to break down and everything. especially when you have stipulations for matches that are perfect for this situation. It's like, just do a triple threat, do a fatal four way. Do. Yeah. So whatever. Like, go ahead, Mr. Rizzo. If we're jumping into the nation right away, I would say that like the way that they've been walking the line and teasing it the entire time, there's almost zero chance that we're not getting a fatal four way. It's like they've been doing the entire way. Like, hey, we're not doing a fatal four-way. We're not doing a fatal four-way. We're not going to do it that way. We're going to do it this way. We're going to get it. That's just how I'm expecting it to eventually happen. And then when MJF cheats and wins, he'll be able to say that 
he beat all of the pillars. Yep. So like that's just <laughs> you like, all in one man. Yeah, I'd be able to say like I'm the king of the pillars. That's, oh, all, that's <laughs> what I'm expecting. You know, it's, I love hate that we already figured out what MJF's wheelhouse is. <laughs> Oh man! But, but, yeah. I love all everything about it. Him befriending Sammy Guevara with a blank check. That I don't know about you, but I know what my number is. I know what the number is that if I ever get to put on a blank check, I know what it is. There's one number that I always put on there. It's eighty-eight million dollars. That's okay. what I'm asked for to do anything. You know, I might be underselling it if it's something like. Is uh, that so you can go back in time? No, like eighty-eight million is what I would is, I would ask for to feel. Yeah, true. Oh, I got eighty. Yeah, twenty-one point <laughs> twenty-one gigawatts. No, yeah. I got gotcha. you. No, we're doing Back to the Future. I got gotcha. you. Anywho, uh, but before we dig into this, because you're jumping around, I just wanted to point out that I did laugh how uh, Darby Allen responded to his bye week that MJF said during the promo in the beginning. He was just like, "Woo!" You know, he's just like super excited. I was like, "Wow, Darby, I I didn't think you cared so much for a thing like that." He's like, "Yeah, I don't have to throw myself around outside the ring and hurt my body." <laughs> right? This I, is I get awesome. a buy. Yes, a day oh, off. My whole body just, you know. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to be a stunt man. I could just be a man. <laughs> But I so, do yeah. like this angle they have with this whole pillar gimmick. Like, this storyline is just great because we're at the point now where it's not, oh, let's put new superstars together and see if they can coexist. They have history now, and they're kind of like, MJF, we know the shitbag that you are, so we don't trust you any step of this way here, which actually is kind of odd given what we're about to talk about, Mr. Rizzo. Take it away. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm- Oh, yes. Sammy Guevara just befriending uh, MJF with the You're saying check. it the wrong way. It's MJF is trying is befriending Sammy. He's yes, call, he's sorry. trying to call him and be like, hey. And sorry, I hate to cut you off, but the point we're going to talk to is kind of confusing to me. Did he ask him to take a fall in his match? The only thing I, I'm actually unclear of what the stip was. Is it that he'll let him main event? Or he'll be the main event somewhere else down the road if he ends up taking the fall here. And then he, he said gets it blank- double or nothing. He said that if he took the fall here, he would allow he would guarantee him the spot at double or nothing. So he wants to fight. So MJF wants to fight against Darby Allen. I, I don't know. I'm, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Like when I when I watched it, that's what I thought they said. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Be like, hey. Don't because again, what I thought was he was going to be like, Yeah, I'll guarantee you the main event. And then he goes, like, he goes to lose and he goes, Okay, you're out. I don't have to fight you anymore. Oh, but you promised. Nah, here, take this blank check. I don't give a fuck. I paid you millions of dollars to lose. You know, yeah, you're right. I'm a little, I should be questioning this more. We're going to have so to that's see what how I this thought plays he out. said. But then, yeah, like now, I mean, I hate to take your thunder here, Mr. Rizzo. Uh, do you have anything else to, to add well, to this, like? promo that we're talking about sammy and uh, mj not so much in the beginning but the end where it eventually happens with kind of the main event with them figuring out a way to cheat and make sure that jungle boy doesn't win against sammy and they have their little like buddy buddy best friend like hugs in the ring and you got i'll do your little pose you wear my scarf um, I don't know. I kind of I thought it was funny for the crowd at the end. That's all I meant. The only thing I could think of, and I, thinking back to the match, it still doesn't make sense. But it's like maybe he asked him to take a dive as a way to show 
that he was in league with him. And so like before he was going to lose the match, MJF's plan was to interfere, you know, be like, oh, let me cause a distraction to allow you to get out of this losing situation and win the match. And that's how he quote, help him guarantee his spot at double or nothing. But again, like I thought MJF was like ringside cheering Sammy on. And that to me was like, that doesn't make sense. Then what I just said doesn't make sense. If you're ringside cheering him on, you're like, oh yeah, I want him to lose, but I'm going to make it look like I want him to win. I don't know. I'm, maybe, maybe there's a I'm meta level guess, I'm not seeing here that MJF's rocking. Correct. I'm going to guess that because both of us who've watched it and are into the story and are not really sure that we're not in the same boat and we're going to get some clarity on this in the next few weeks, but maybe we heard him correct incorrectly. Maybe the way he set it up was, hey, if you get to the main event at Double or Nothing and lay down, you'll get this blank check. So Sammy's working for that blank check, which kind of would make more sense if that's the way it would go. Because MJF would still have to agree to the amount that he put on the check in the first place. I was like, really, this is it? This is what it... Okay, okay, Yeah, fine. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he basically, I think it was... He agrees to lay down at double at nothing, but he'll guarantee he gets there. Yeah. So he's going to help interfere. So he gets there and he's like, yeah, okay, time for you to lie down. I win. Yeah, maybe we Here's figured that out. But there it is. Yeah, okay. And, uh, I love it. We can work. So this is what happens. I got this is what happens when we don't watch wrestling together anymore. You, <laughs> me, Spence, any of our other friends or brothers and sisters, we, we talk it out while we're watching it and we figure it out instead of waiting a full and a week later and go, oh, yeah, that's what happened. Sir, sir, you're <laughs> wrong. You're wrong. Well, we would actually talk over what's happening <laughs> no, and you're so what's going on because we're all talking, <laughs> excited to hang out and stuff. No, you're so right. You're so right. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Not that I don't want that, but I'm just saying, yeah, we would not have we figured would, out any fast. We would just be enjoying our company too much to understand what exactly is going on. You're just exactly. So I'd be having too good of a time. But here's the thing I want. Which the, we are doing right now. The parting thought I want to put out there uh, about this is, is that how is that how it was presented and we just missaw it? Or did we deduce this based off of how it was presented? Like he did ask, like, yeah. So that that's what I'm curious now. I'll maybe go back and rewatch the episode after this. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to check that out. I will. Uh, I'll follow up with it maybe this week when the show starts. So. But I mean, it's still. I, I'm enjoying it, man. Like this is exactly what I was expecting once they, they immediately presented it to me. I was like, okay, we're gonna get these guys, and they're doing a good job of keeping. They're doing a good job of still doing a one-on-one challenge for the belt, but having multiple people in the mix. You know, it's not just. MJF versus Danielson, MJF versus CM Punk, MJF versus Moxley. No, it's MJF versus the Pillars. You know, everybody's in the mix. I like that. That's uh, you. It's a refreshing take. Yep, yep. It was a good way to get them all involved, all on screen at the same time. We like it. What else you want to talk about with AEW? Uh, with AEW, how about the Elite? The Elite had a promo this week calling out BCC for their previous transgressions, you know, sending the Bucks to the hospital, Don Callis opening his his brow, causing him to bleed. You know, the Elite's in shambles now. Like, all that's left is Kenny Omega. He's holding the torch for everybody. Talking about orange juice and vodka. Screwdriver. 
Uh, sorry, yeah. Sorry, that was a bad joke. That was a bad joke. Was Orange I Cassidy? Like- what? <laughs> <laughs> Beach break? What? <laughs> I like the over-the-top nature of like, I was going to stab you in the face with a screwdriver. I'm like, yeah, it's a little over the top. Like, but okay, that's that's where we got at this point with this with this feud. I guess it's it's kind of it's weird, you know. I don't hate it, but it just there feels like there's no substance to it. It feels like it came out of nowhere, and and we're just we're murdering people now, you know. They're like the the it's a cult movie. It's like a a gang of ruffians wear all white, and they what's the movie? The Clockwork Orange. It's like okay. that almost. They're just going around just beating it's people up a little bit there. What did you think I was saying? You said, never mind. doesn't matter. Let's keep going. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> it feels like that, though. They just feel like, you know, ruffians going around just beating up the locals because they can. So yeah. I, I guess well, it just seems very uncivilized for the likes of uh, Brian Danielson. Maybe Moxley, I'll say, OK, fine. But yeah, my, like Brian Danielson, I don't know. The one thing I'm unsure in on this particular, like, point in the feud is how Don, we like Don Callis, him being like weird coming out with the chair, knowing he's not going to do anything. So he runs away and he gets help and he gets Takeshita. And as much as Takeshita helped, and even in the little bit that we've seen in like BTE this week, Kenny's kind of like weird skeptical about the situation of Takeshita. He's kind of like, yeah, thanks. Okay. Well, I thought like, uh, I don't know. It's kind of like, I don't know. I'm not sure if he's against Takeshita and he wants somebody else, or he just doesn't like the fact that it only should be the elite. It only should be him and the Bucks. I'm not really sure where Kenny's coming from, but again, I, I like it. I hadn't seen what you're talking about. You said BTE. This was on. It was BTE. No, no. There was a little bit of it BTE, which also yeah. is the same thing. If you watch the end of the promo with Takeshita, Kenny, oh God, and Don Callis in the ring. When they li- raising their hands, Kenny's kind of questionably looking at the Kesha, like, not like, hey, thanks, or yay, we all did it. He's kind of like, well, why are you here? What are you doing? What's this about? Like, that's the look he's got. And then there's a little more to that at the same thing on BTE. I just meant there's a little yeah, bit of both. I'm wondering what the element it is. It, I mean, it's it Kenny. Could be. Some, it's, some, it's Kenny. Like, he's not, he's not uh, receptive to trying to be friends with Hangman. So something's with Kenny. The story they could be telling is isolating Kenny. The whole point has been trying to get Kenny on a singles run. And so with the whole stuff with Hangman, it's like first it was Hangman and now it's Takeshita. So it's like he's almost in this mood where he he's like putting up walls for new people to come in. And he's like, I don't want that. I don't want this new stuff. I don't like it. I want ways I want it to be the way that it was. And maybe that's Don Callis's influence of slowly just wedging him away from people and getting him used to just being on his own and doing his own thing. Yes, yes, yes. But uh, yeah. I'm not sure Sweet. where... Callis is back. That was yeah. interesting. It was even funny because he came out with a chair, and I was like, oh, Don's actually going to get in the mix. He's going to get a bump, huh? And then uh, I just ran away, and I was like, more oh, typical Don Callis. But what, how's that going to help? Oh, and I'm excited for this because it is it is queuing up the elite to take on BCC. We're going to have that faction war going on. And Takesha in the mix allows for that six-man tag match between BCC and the elite. Uh, where now we can get, well, actually, sorry, eight man, because we can get Danielson in the mix. Now you got Yuta, Claudio, Moxley, and Danielson versus the Bucks, Kenny, and Takeshita. Yep. So yeah, that'll be a fun, like, I'm excited for that. That, that's got, that's, 
if that's where all of this aggression is going towards for this storyline, I'm in. Like, give me that kind of faction uh, war. As an old time saying in the Honk If You Love Wrestling, Honk if you love wrestling podcast, it has legs. It has legs, and it's. I'm expecting it to honk. That's yes, for sure. Yes, yes. Speaking of honkers, that's really. I'm not going to go too much in detail with the next thing on, a, on our, our list here, but Commander versus Switchblade, Jay White. I, I was a honker. You want to watch great wrestling? You go to watch two great wrestlers, and they do that. I'm not sure about the story that what we're going to get with Juice Robinson and the uh, and Jay White, which is the Bullet Club Gold, and a story with Ricky Starks. But the match itself was great. Like, uh, just it was cool. Like, go watch that stuff. Commander hit all the right beats. He did the things that we all want to see him do, and he did it in spectacular fashion. Not to mention, put him aside with the, you know, the caliber of the likes of the Switchblade, and man, you got yourself a match, that's for sure. May I say he was commanding? He was very... Indeed. Indeed. Well done, sir. Well done. Indeed. yeah, Sean Spears too. I guess he's back. That's cool. Yeah, that was I'm cool. Um, I guess like not so much injured, but he was away because he had uh, another another child, which is great. He had great relationship with everyone. Yeah, I- I'm wondering what eventual story that we're going to get with him and MJF. I think we'll get something there. Not like maybe. this huge like thing, but like he should get a run or maybe like a. Something with him down the road because I'm there's sure some, there'll be some nods. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we'll there'll be some it. nods for sure. I did like uh, so. I mean, it's going to start off obviously with Ricky Starks and Sean Spears against Rock Hard, Juice Robinson, and Switchblade. And God, I hate that I say that. Like Rock two, Hard, two or three weeks ago, they had Juice Robinson. It was before the whole Switchblade thing happened, and I swear he was in a promo where he I, like. I said I like yelled at the TV. I go say Rock Hard one more time, please. Like he said it like four times in a row. He's just like, I'm rock hard for rock hard. Just Robinson. I'm like, please. How? Like it's, it almost, you know, like when Danny magic tells you his nips are hard, it's fun. It's endearing. He does it once when juice Robinson did. It, he did it constantly. I'm like, I don't care how hard your dick is right now. Please stop telling me you're rock hard. Juice Robinson. Yeah. He's in your face with that one. Is it? He, he was that time, but he, he did. It seems like he pulled back and I was like, thank God, because I am interested in, you know what? This is going to be an interesting feud. Uh, a, I like Sean Spears. So I'm glad that he's back. I like how he interacted too. <laughs> he was like showing a perfect 10 for the moves. And then afterwards, I think it was for juice. He cut to him. He's like, Oh, showed a five. And yeah. like, uh, I think it was Taz. He's like, Oh, apparently, apparently, uh, Sean didn't like that match. But yeah, it's starting that rivalry. That'll be cool. I hope they run with it for a minute um, as opposed to just like a one-off. So We shall see where they pop up. Keep your eyes out for that. I think the last thing I wanted to talk about with AEW before we move on to, to other wrestling promotions. We can't, we can't not touch on it. I'll just say that. And that would be uh, Chris Jericho and Adam Cole, baby. And I love, I like where we are with this. I like the fact that it added more to with it being in Pittsburgh, I think, with there being a little relationship with Adam Cole and and uh, Britt Baker. But Chris Jericho getting the backstory from Adam Cole of, hey, you've influenced most of my career. My catchphrase is kind of what, like, drink it in, man. And, hey, babe, like he used to say a lot of things that Jericho used to do 
and that's where he got most of his character. And Jericho threw in his face like, hey, that's great. Thanks for saying all those nice things about me. I don't respect you one bit. Yeah. <laughs> that's how he's Jericho thing. Yeah. It was just kind of cool. So um he turned he turned on the heel uh heel lamp for sure. Yes. And uh him them handcuffing Adam Cole to the ring and then getting the outcast to come out and beat the crap out of Britt Baker in front of him, in front of the Pittsburgh crowd. Just add a little bit to yeah, hey, I'm not new, gonna hurt you. New I'm gonna... JAS members. Extended JAS, there I you guess. Go. Uh, they're their uh, stable on retainer. Yes, there you go. Friends but, yeah, of JAS. This was a this was a happening promo for sure. Like you said, uh, you know, it brought the outcasts in, and they got some uh, good licks in on Britt Baker. Uh, I gotta say, the outcasts are looking even better with that nice colors. I like how Adam Cole got the edge treatment. Yes, yes. <laughs> with you know having having to watch the love of his life get. Uh, annihilated in front of your face while you're helpless to stop it. Um, I just want to cycle back a little bit here. And man, was this promo like really, it, you can tell, like, as you stated, you can tell that Jericho influenced Adam Cole's promo. And it was like having two Jerichos in the ring. Like they just worked off of each other very well. Uh, you know, they, it wasn't boring. They, they had their own identities. You know, they were like, hey, I'm the face here and you're the heel and you're going to be the asshole and we're just going to, you know, match wits here. That was fun. I really, really liked, which I think happened, where I feel like Adam Cole, it, this is what you were talking to about, how he said things the way that uh, Jericho said it. Um, I forgot how he set it up, but he basically just called Jericho a, a, a stupid idiot. And the stupid way that he said idiot. it, I literally could hear Jericho. I was, like, oh, I was like, oh, that's perfect. And the, the smile that Adam Cole has on his face after he said it, you could tell him he was just like, yeah, I did do that. <laughs> you know, like the cat who like got like a, you know, got your ran with your food. He's just like, ah, try and just, catch me. Just to pull back a little bit. When Adam Cole is originally coming into the ring to start the promo, Jericho's already there and he's in the corner. And Adam Cole does his Adam Cole baby, or first mm-hmm. he does his boom, does yeah. his Adam Cole baby. And like when he does his boom, you can see Jericho kind of in the corner, kind of slightly smile and slightly smirk. And it's not, I don't think it has anything to do with the promo or that way. I think he's just like appreciating how over this kid is at the moment and yeah. how cool it is in the ring that like this guy's got this and he just likes being in the ring with somebody else that's got the crowd just as hot as him for a moment. So I think that's just really cool, and yeah, we'll see that's what on, we get with a match between these guys. It's going to be that's cool. on my bucket list, man. I want to be there for a live boom when Adam Cole shows oh, up. Yeah, because, yeah, that that's going to be awesome. Um, yes, it and will yeah, be. I, that is neat to see Jericho kind of like, you know, that had that little nod to him. Just be like, there you go. You kid. know what? You just you just turned me on to something that we should eventually create, maybe down the road, but. We should create little little bucket bucket list moments that we want to create. Not matches, but certain things that we want to experience live. And like yeah. what I keep, you know what keeps eluding me that I like should have seen twice? And that's Finn's entrance. Like I screwed myself by not going to a house show once and getting him to come back with his with his entrance. So like seeing Finn come out with that entrance with, with the demon is going to be on there. It's going to be really difficult to chase that because I'm not sure when or how to even predict that. 
You're going to um, have to go to WrestleMania. Going to Adam Cole's boom is very attainable. So, like, we got to come up with some down the road. I like this. Yeah. I like this stuff. Future I like segment. This. I like it. Yes, yes. Um, Good one. So, I guess that makes me a better Finn Balor fan than you because I've seen him live. Oh, just, just, oh that hurts. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. That hurts. That hurts. <laughs> that, hey, man. Demon would be on my bucket list, too. Yeah. We'll yes, get it together, yes, Mr. Yes. Rezzo. Don't you worry. We'll make okay. this happen. One day. <laughs> oh, One man. One day. So, yeah, that's a lot of AEW talk. You want to transition to the WWE with what we saw in the ring this week? Sure, we can do that. WWE. Um, let's see here. I'm, I'm looking at my SmackDown notes to see if there's anything interesting. Oh, wow. You're going to have to help me on that one. If something happened, I don't know about it. <laughs> okay. Well, what do you want to talk about, Mr. Rizzo? Well, I know what we... The one thing that... Uh, there's a couple things that I would talk about, but in particular... I really love the Seth and Omos. Um, yes, I'll say yes. Go ahead. What I start with is that the, the the name on paper, Seth Omos. Someone's like, "Why is this match happening? Why are they doing this? What's going on?" And I'm like, "I'm kind of in the same boat, but I haven't been watching, so I don't know what they did to get did this." Did it get set up? Yeah, I don't. I well, also missed how it got set up. I'm whatever sure. happened for it, the way that it may have been booked or how it was booked. I thought everything about this completely sold the reason for the match. And that's where, if anyone thinks otherwise, I'm sorry, but it works for me of him just going, hey, we set up a match with Seth Rollins because we think if Omos beats Seth Rollins, that's a great like notch on his belt. And Seth Rollins is going, you know what? You're a big-ass motherfucker. I got to say that. And I feel like you're talking I'm about the be- promo on Raw now. Yeah, that's what I'm... Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to jump to... That's what I meant. No, no, no. It's fine. I'm just, you know, giving context now. Um, And then, you know what? Not only am I going to beat you, but because it's me, it's going to make you even more famous. I'm going to give you the match of your life as I stomp you into the mat. That was a great promo. It was just like... It was just so great. And, like, to me, it's, like, instantly, like, I didn't know if I wanted to see the match, but because I liked Seth Rollins so much and the way he carried this whole thing, like... I want to see the match, and it will. Yeah, I liked, cool. I liked watching Seth in this promo because you could see as MVP is like delivering his lines to him. You just watch Seth, and he's just like, "That's a big fucking like." You could almost feel him thinking, "That's a big honking man." <laughs> so it was like that was cracking me up just watching him do that, and like you know he reacted. He's kind of like, "Oh, MVP is talking to me," but also just like. What am I gonna do to this big hunk of meat? <laughs> he was doing it so slow. I think he was looking at his belly button when MVP started, and then he when MVP started uh, stopped talking, he was looking at the top of his head. He did it nice. so slow, just like slowly looking up at him. You are the biggest guy I've ever seen in my life, and yeah. So, so yeah, I'm curious because I feel like I missed something because it just all of a sudden was like, yeah, Seth's fighting Omos, and I'm like. Why would did I miss something? What's happening? So me and you are on the exact same page. So I feel just, like this is just they're doing it because they're doing it, and uh, like Raw this week made it like okay for me. Like I'm in now on this match. I'm like, all right, you sold it well on Raw here. Um, I just love how over Seth is. Like the crowd just singing his song. Uh, he doesn't even have to say it. That stare down we I was talking about before, after MD, MVP delivers his line, and before Seth says anything, the crowd just automatically starts singing his song, and you could tell Seth was doing that thing where, uh, like, wrestlers would just be like, like you know, in in this case, because Omas is 
more of an amateur than uh, Seth Rollins being like, see, this is what it means to command a crowd. Like, you know, this is what it is to be a wrestler, not just being giant. <laughs> having so, not only not not just being a giant, but having giant presence. Yes. And, and again, I mean, Seth has more presence given the fact that he can command the crowd to do as he says. <laughs> and again, right. yeah, like because again, they need you know during that part where he's describing he'll have the match of his life. He's like, I have the match of my life. When I stomp your head in the match, and all you're gonna hear is, and then the crowd just immediately, like, not even waiting a second, are just immediately jumping in on it. Like everybody is itching to sing this song, itching to even sing this song. This is t- this segment has turned into the Seth Rollins appreciation segment because God damn it, man. This guy is so over. I, you know, this rivals almost this almost rivals Sammy of how over he is, you know? Oh, it's great. I love to see it for him. And uh, yeah, Mr. Rose, so, do you have anything else to add? Well, I'm actually going to keep I'm going to run with this for a minute and keep going with Seth with your appreciation. Sure, and it's something that I'm going to try to run with for, for the year for Mania, um, and I talked about it before. You mean Mania it's, next year? If it's not next year, the year after that, the year after okay. that. If something doesn't to, happen, I'm holding you to that's yeah, all. Exactly. <laughs> my my point was is I think we talked about this before. I'm not sure if I talked about it on the podcast or just briefly with you. Was I believe Seth Rollins has been in the main event at WrestleMania, but he's never been booked yes. as the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah, been saying that, yep, and right. I believe. And just like the crowd, I think, would would agree me with, he deserves it. He has carried this company in a certain way and has done certain stuff in a certain way that I want him to be booked as the main event, just like the man, Becky Lynch. I believe that he should be on there one time. And that'll bleed into something else that he was kind of looking at earlier. But TBZ, is there anything else that you want to... You want to comment down before this I promo just reminded me of the comment you made about him saying he was quote fashion forward because he had that suit coat that had like the back cut out so you could see like his lats, I guess. I don't know what the purpose of it was, but it just it felt like it was you know, it just felt like he was like, This is fashion. Balenciaga. So let me ask you something, brother. What you gonna do when Balenciaga Mania destroys you? You know, it's just <laughs> He was harnessing the power of Balenciaga, and I loved it. It's just, you know, I mean, what was it, last year during a pay-per-view, the man came out dressed as Elton John. And I don't mean, like, tame Elton John. I mean, like, he looked like the devil from that movie about Elton John. Yeah, just just looking just oh, looking fabulous. God, I love Seth. Like, God bless this man. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm having a flood of all of the, like, moments that I just love about Seth, like WrestleMania, when he had a conductor come out to sing his song. Oh, just God! Just think if he is booked as the main event, how much more grand his entrance could possibly be? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? If I'm excited for it. Oh yes, I do have a thought, and it is going to end this segment because it'll transition. Are you good about this appreciation yes, of Seth? Yes, okay, cool. Seth, cool, 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 cool. There's something else I do want to maybe mention as Seth, but we might get to it now. No, what do you got to go? No, just go for it. You got to say it now or it's never again. It, it's about something else that happened on the show. Do it. The the new the new uh, the, the thing that Triple H talked about. My man, 
you are in my brain because that's what I meant. I was going to transition after this. And you go, and how are you going to do it? Well, first of all, uh, well, I was going to do a speculation about this thing we're talking about. So we'll start off by saying, what did Trip say, Mr. Rizzo? Uh, Mr. H, Triple H. Trips. Trips. <laughs> However you want to call him. Uh, brought out a uh, new belt and talked about how, you know, I'm not even sure how this is going to work, but he said that it's a new world championship belt that are allow other people to compete for it because during this new upcoming draft, whatever place Roman Reigns goes to, he's going to keep the universal title and this new championship will go on the opposite brand and compete for it there. Uh, I forgot where it's at night. It was at night of champions. I forget when it is. Night of champions will decide that new champion. Yes. And I just, I'm going to roll back and I'm going to say the official titles. First of all, Roman has the undisputed championship and they have unveiled the new world heavyweight champion. Or maybe it's, it's just, just the heavyweight confusing. champion. I don't know if it's world. Uh, it's not that confusing. There's an undisputed and there's a heavyweight. Okay. That's all you need to know. Gotcha. <laughs> but anywho, yes, yeah. Um, yeah, new belt. Uh, I texted my one buddy. I, maybe it's just me. Uh, like, I never really got into belt design. Uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of changing of belts and shit like that in my time. Just more introduction of new belts, if you will. Uh, actually, I mean, the IC belt did change during my time. Either way, I don't know. I was underwhelmed by the design. I was just kind of like, hmm, okay. I, my, I think my problem is I feel like there's a lot going on. But I can't see it because it's all gold, you know, so it's kind of reflective and you lose the details of the design. And I think that's why I kind of was meh on it. I think that my new take on Belt's design would be I'm not too fond of the classic look or trying to be classic. I want something different. I want over the top. And I know that we might be past the custom belt that people used to have with the spinner or the stone cold <laughs> or whatever, you know, like the rocks belt. But I don't care. That shit sells merch. I have no idea why you don't think if you're going to have a champion for four months. Why not just give and make a new belt? And then four months after that, you make a new belt. Like, I don't like it's going to sell stuff. So, Having something cooler that would look cooler, like my favorite belt that I remember is uh, Brian Danielson, or it was actually the Daniel Brown at the time. Belt. The hemp. Um, I love that belt. Yeah, it was hilarious. Favorite one. Um, so, like, yeah, I just want something different, and I would agree with you that it's just kind of like, eh. But I kind of feel the same way about the the belt because I'm like sort of eh. Because the whole story with the main event with Cody and Roman was him getting that championship that eludes him. And instead of him getting that championship, he's going to go after a new one. So, yeah. 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 Um, I think you nailed it on the head and maybe an element that I'm also playing or that, that plays into my reaction to it is that it does look like it's an older belt. It does look like them being like, hey, remember old wrestling? And it's like, yeah, OK, that's cool for older fans. But like, I don't give a shit. If Honestly, that's the way they're going to do it, bring back the exact belt and then just put the strap a different color. I, uh, you know, my buddy that I texted about my comment on it had rifled back being just being like, well, what, what's your favorite belt? And 
this is what I why I prefaced this whole segment with being like I wasn't really a belt guy because I was kind of like I don't I don't know uh, <laughs> my initial thought I kind of liked the undisputed belts the ones that Roman had like that design was nice you know it it was defined you, you know you could see Classic. the logo and I was like I I felt like the WWE logo got lost in it. But then as I saw it more and more times, because I was like, oh, so it feels like it got lost. Maybe you need to like have it pop or like, you know, stand out. And I'm watching it more and more, the belt that is. And I'm just like, it's kind of different. I don't know. Like I was kind of basically, you know, flip flopping on that whole. I didn't think the WWE logo was defined on that belt. Um, I would agree. It just, it just agree. wasn't as, you know, it wasn't as defined as the undisputed belts, you know, like it was. Defi- define like very definitive that there's the logo and then the bet like you know the the whole thing was the background if you will anyway i'm floundering go ahead mr rizzo <laughs> nope nope a lot a lot of belt design talk which i thought is awesome i love that i i i'm agreement on what the belt looks like but if one you want to go in- oh go ahead one more belt i could think of that i did enjoy that i'll just put out there in the universe because all i said was i like the undisputed belts i honestly liked the white leather ic belt that looked yes. crisp. Yep. That's you know that's kind of a design that I would be all for. But that's the whole thing. If like you want some like, hey, remember this classic cool belt? Give me the exact same plate. Give me the ability mm-hmm. to put name plates on it where you didn't in the past, and make it you know bra- make it red or blue strap that in the past it was black. So like you know it's this classic, but it's got a little modern to it. But you know no whatever. Anyway. Yeah. What I was getting to was like whatever story that they're going to do with this belt. Uh, you want to jump into the nation with nation of speculation of, I think we may both have the same leading cat- candidate and is who we were just talking about as our appreciation of who uh, appreciation section of, I think Seth Rollins is our, both of our leading category. If I'm correct, let me know who you think might be the number one guy you think is going to win this belt. No, you are correct. I believe I even said in our Discord chat that after watching that promo, if Seth doesn't get this, I'm going to riot. Like, God damn it, man. He, he is so over. He needs a belt. You have a belt. It just makes sense. It's simple math, my friend. But as I'm thinking this out, though, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, man. There's two, two OLIs I got going on here that I could think of now that after watching Raw just made sense to me that might be the ones to win that belt. I'm going to say he beats Cody for it. There you go. That's that's it. The first one was Cody. I have you have Cody win this belt and then they go there's your belt and the speculation would be that's fine because then you have Seth beat Cody furthering his uh heeldom and becoming even more of a shit heel. <laughs> so, uh there's that and uh, I thought Omos. I don't know because they kept doing they keep leaning on the heavyweight element of this belt and they're all like oh it's a fighting belt <sighs> not that omas has fought every week on uh raw he is on raw a lot like he's just around maybe giving him a belt will give him something to do and actually wrestle so if that's you know i could see them trying to push him because what I the hell is the he doing fact that those two guys are wrestling each other maybe before that We'll know whoever wins that match is probably the more of a leading candidate. I mean, I I hate it though because, like, honestly, if it is between Seth and Omos, Seth every fucking day. All right, I I, I don't care that Omos is giant. Giant is not a trump card. There, there's it, it more people. We're forgetting. Five percent of the way there, 
And this is, you know, I'm going to transition off to a little thing real quick that happened on Raw. But it's just like, you need more than just Giant, okay? You, you can't just go around and, and have MVP yeah. talk for you. <laughs> like, sure, Brock does it. That's why I hated Brock. I was like, Brock's just a big beefy dude who throws moves out there, and you have a mouthpiece for him. Like, he's not a complete character. Brock would take people to Suplex City, so that's different. You know what I mean. That's the beefy move. Those are beefy moves. Well, I meant that's better than what you think that Omos is at least bringing to the table. That's more. That's all. Hey, thank and you for you, my point. It's even worse if Omos gets you. I, was, yeah. I, wasn't, I was agreeing okay. with you and just pointing out the point that Brock has more athletic moves than what yeah. Omos has been bringing. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah, it's just. I still it, like Omos. I like that he likes anime, and I hope he maybe gets a win and we get him to see. I don't know. I don't want to say is, Seth, so. I have no idea. I'm conflicted. I mean, I'm sure Seth could take the L here. That man is so over. He could. Like I don't know when. You know the, the, the we've the, narrowed this down to two people though. There's like so many other people that are probably going to be in this that we just not even considering. Like, oh, for sure. It's just how I'm feeling this week after yeah. watching all of this wrestling. You know, um, you know, you know, I'm going to throw out something crazy. I'm going to throw out a crazy prediction. I'm going to say the most unlike, well, it's not the most unlikely, but an unlikely candidate. It would be a returning biggie. Ooh, How about them apples? No, that's good. Apples? That's a real good one. I like that. Ooh. Again, if he's ready. That We're is a real good one. That in the draft, so we'll it's open. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely would have to get drafted if that's the case. Yeah. Um, the thing I wanted to segue to, just to sorry, double back how I said you need more than giant. Austin Theory and Bobby Lashley. Holy shit, okay. man! That promo was a goddamn train wreck. <laughs> I was thinking during that promo, I was thinking about when Austin Theory was with John Cena. And I thought that was cringy, but not for the same reasons that this one was cringy. It was cringy because it was like, wow, John Cena's really laying into Austin Theory, and you know what? He took it in stride, and he did a good job keeping pace with John Cena. We put Austin Theory with Bobby Lashley, and my God, Bobby Lashley destroyed that promo. Both of them, like what the, the Bobby Lashley-Austin Theory promo was bad, and it wasn't because of Austin Theory. It was because of Bobby Lashley. He's oh, you're, just bad you on the mic. Right a little bit. I just I don't recall. That's why I wasn't sure what what exactly happened. It was what what was what was uh, Bubbles doing that just didn't work. He was just you could just tell he was not thinking on his feet. He was kind of repeating the same phrases over and over again. I can't come up with details specifically, but uh, just watch it. You'll just like didn't move the story. You'll to feel whatever, like Austin Theory crazy. has a pace, and he's like, "This is my promo. It's going to happen." Bobby Lashley interrupts. He comes in. Because, you know, he's advertising for his triple threat with uh, Bronson Reed and Bobby Lashley. So Bobby Lashley came out to interrupt his promo. And, and, and at that point, you could just feel it. It just slows down. You're like, get Bobby Lashley out of there. I'm like, this is not good. And I'll check it out. But I think I, I think I understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. If I like from Bobby not having the mic think, of MVP that worked out before. And I think like like a notable thing was that I believe Bobby Lashley was calling him a coward. He kept just like, why don't you accept every challenge that comes your way? Why don't you accept it? That's it. He kept repeating that. He kind of kept like, I get he was trying to goad Austin Theory to fight him, but he was doing it by being annoyingly saying that thing over and over again. And then he's called him a coward. And he was like, 
I'm sitting there watching that being like, how is he a coward? He's going to fucking fight you in this triple threat for the belt. Like he's nutting up. Like, how is he a coward? This doesn't make sense. Stop saying that. Move on. Like do something else. Yep, didn't work. Didn't work. We'll see it just, what happens. It just didn't work, threat. and it's a reminder because I've said this about Bobby Lashley. It's why I don't really care for him. He needs mouthpiece. He's not good at promos. They're 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 awkward, and we keep trying to get him away from mouthpieces. And it's like, why are you doing this? Yeah, we're not. I'm not going to go too much in detail on this, but maybe it has something to do with the just Vince being in charge and still constantly making changes <laughs> and yeah. writing women's matches off altogether and just not having them on screen. But moving on to what I want to also hate about. Well, go ahead. No, quick aside, just uh, about women's matches from SmackDown. Zelina Vega challenging for the SmackDown belt. Bold. Yeah, we're, we're getting out of Puerto Rico. It should be cool, right? Bold. I don't expect her to win, but it's more just she's getting in the ring now as opposed to the manager to uh, LWO. So, yeah, instead uh, of just like showing up as like a, a foil to like do a random yeah. head scissors, so she's getting wanna, some full matches in as for the belt. Great stuff. I just want to bring that up to support my bay. <laughs> Good honor. I hope she keeps. Uh, I hope she. I hope she has a strong showing because when she was wrestling, she was a decent wrestler, and I think she had potential to have a decent run. You know, she could be there with the likes of Liv Morgan and, well, maybe Ronda Rousey. I don't know. Uh, um, maybe Shayna. Shayna. I'll say Shayna over Ronda. And I just say that because Shane is an actual wrestler, so I think wrestlers work better with each other than Ronda. She's going to do great in Puerto Rico. It's going to be awesome. But yeah, I want to I want to talk a little bit about the draft. Which from when this podcast comes out, if you watch it immediately, listen to it immediately it comes out it might be before, but most likely it's going to be after the first round round of the draft for SmackDown, which is starting this Friday, the twenty ninth, or 28th, sorry. 28th, 28th. Saturday. The, yes. Friday um, the 28th. This is what I want to say about the draft, and this is what, like, people keep doing these mock drafts and have this fun and this whatever. Again. Of, of the WWE draft? Yeah, like I've seen, the, there's a one podcast I listen to <laughs> that, the oh, is it the, the Ringer podcast? They have a couple podcasts throughout the show, so each group of guys did, like, a maybe, like, an eight or nine round draft of what they a show that they would make together, so it was Unreal. different than what they were actually doing on the show. But they just did a draft as content, and that's Still. fun and all. And that my problem is that like I don't think that that's what we're getting. Like I get excited a little bit about the possibility of there actually being a draft. But this is what I got to ask. This is a question I pose to you, particular TBZ. Wow, I'm flazzled. I'm frazzled because of the because of the draft and my my hatred of what might be coming. Or might what have already happened. Um, when when people like try out and maybe in the high school or like a grammar school like play or performance and they everyone tries out for a certain certain part and they want to do like maybe even crew or a backstage or the lead or whatever they want to do in the play. Yeah. And then the person in charge decides who's gonna do what, and then they put it all on the list and then they post it on like a piece of paper or on a board and everyone looks at it and goes, cool. This is who I'm. I get to be the lead. I get to be over here. This is Would you call that a draft? It almost sounds like a casting. 
Yes, well, that's what I think we're getting. That's what we get every time they say they're doing a draft. Yes. They never give us a draft. We get, here's a list of people that are on different shows. and but There's nothing about it that is an actual draft. And that's what I'm already mad about when the show hasn't happened, that when people say it's a draft and it's not a draft, and whew, calm down, calm down. Well, here, let me take the reins real quick. This is, I mean, I'm going to echo your sentiment. This is why I was laughing earlier when I heard people are making mock drafts, because it's not a draft. It is exactly a casting. So what are you really mocking? You're just speculating. You're in the nation at this point. Oh, thank you. I'm glad that we can, we can, oh my God, see, I, like, I finally figured out, like, they don't draft. They cast people on shows that if they did a draft there'd be a round there'd be like a decision of oh my god we're waiting too long to pick someone what do you mean we lose our pick. It's, they don't they'd have no exactly we have round and then the raw round that's two rounds of draft like the the this is what they're going to tell us this is that i'm already telling us smackdown is two hours and raw is three hours so this team will pick one and then they will do two picks no that's not a fucking draft. How about you guys just do a regular one pick, one pick, one pick, and at the end, the Raw can have had the extra people. How about them apples? How about we do it that way? Again, I'm mad about something that hasn't happened yet. Calm down. Calm down. I'm sorry. Here. I'm going to manifest this out there. Was it? I don't know who said it on this podcast, but we totally said it. Pay-per-view. Have a pay-per-view draft. Very just much. an entire yes. premium live event where you can then do all this draft stuff. Even if it is, quote, still a casting, at least you can put cinema to it to be like making it like a draft. And we go, yay! Ah, The fourth wall is restored! You know, like, kayfabe's real again! But no. No, we get, here's where you're going. Get out! (laughs) Can can you imagine how much crap it's going to, I'm going to take if they do this right for some reason, and then next week... I hope they do. I, I challenge so them to. They will. That's what I was trying to do last week. I was challenging them, and then I'm just getting closer and closer. I'm going to hate it. I'm going to effing hate it. I'm going to hate it. Oh. Here, here's my well, hope. Well, I don't I want hope... to move on from the draft. It's getting me upset. We're all entertained. That's all. Even yeah, if they fuck it up, pressure. just make it entertaining, all right? It's whatever at this point. That here's the real awful. thing. And oh, I would. I want to. Here we go. When Triple H announced this draft, he said it would quote change the game. We all misunderstood him. He's actually putting his hat in the ring to challenge for the new belt, and that will change the game because he will be the and new heavyweight champion. Oh well, uh, we'll finally get some. <laughs> you know, uh, because it's wrestling. And yeah. because I, I've always said that when he's like said he retired, I'm like, yeah, he didn't retire. He didn't die yet. He didn't retire. <laughs> we saw Ric Flair in his match. Yeah, Triple H, whatever. <laughs> I don't care what you're saying. Okay, it's just it's it's possible. Okay, um, they would have a story with him and Cody after he broke the throne. So it's there's some there's something there. We got meat on the bone. We got oh, something. Could. So it's it's not out of the realm of possibilities. They can make Welcome money with it. WWE. I'll I'll wait for my ma- uh, check in the mail. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And oh. an app. I'll take an app. I'll, I'll gladly be creative, please. Yeah, I gotta calm down. That that draft talk is getting me. Worked yeah, up, man. I thought I was bad. I mean, geez, Mister Rizzi, you really cranked that up to eleven there. <laughs> All right, what are we getting to next? What else we got? We're 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 plowing through, sir. Well, we're at a crossroads. 
Are we doing recap? Or are we doing segment? Uh, Dusty Roads, baby. Yes, let's talk about Dusty Roads. Let's get let's into it then. The A and E documentary that we we did our homework. We both did some part homework. One of this series. Yes, for us, part one. For them, that was like season three, episode whatever. Yes. I don't know. If you love wrestling, part one of the A and E biography, WWE superstar biography, Dusty Rhodes. Yes, it was called A and E Legends A&E. about Dusty Rhodes. I say no, you said no. You said biography, oh. which is a biography. I was just saying that the show's called the Le- um, WWE Legends. Um, yeah, this one in particular was about uh, Dusty Rhodes, and they started the show with it with what kind of what recently happened in two years ago at Mania, which was Cody Rhodes being the surprise entrant against Seth Rollins in Dallas. And kind of continuing his father's legacy of the Rhodes name and family of just continually competing um, in the wrestling business. But a lot of stuff in the documentary. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was, it didn't have all this like super amazing, cool, awesome moments. It was actually, it was cool to learn some stuff, but it, it brought me down a little bit with the learning about some of the relationship that Dusty had with his first wife, as well as maybe how the fame and him being on the road so much affected his relationship with his uh, daughter and son from his first marriage, with Dustin in particular. So I might get into that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, is there anything in particular, TBZ, that you thought of the documentary that kind of jumped out to you um well the whole documentary was refreshing to watch because truth be told i knew next to nothing about dusty Rhodes except that he was cody's dad uh they made a tournament for him in the for the tag teams in nxt and that he was heavily rooted in the wrestling world so that's what i knew so basically all of this was just new content for me did um, you know how much influence he had with NXT in general? Uh, vaguely, because okay. like Roman's made comments about it, about how, you know, I mean, we've seen those promos with Roman and Cody. They've dipped, they've dipped into that. It's not kayfabe. It's kind of, it, it's, it's that AEW wrestling, that blurred line where it's like some of it's actually real, you know, this uh, documentary really like it was the tip of the iceberg of his second career of him fading away from being the on screen and working with development. He basically was all of like the start of, I think it was called FCW before it turned into NXT. WCW? Oh, and then that was before that. Yes. Like it was NXT. It was that before it was on TV or on the network or anything like that. And then NXT and most of the people that are on the roster right now and some of the big people are known as like Dusty's kids. Like, and I mean from like going back to I mean FTR and KO and Sammy, but before that with Seth and Roman and you know, just so many of the people that are on that roster, the main Four roster horsemen, right now. Man. All of them. All yes, everything about that. So there's a different relationship that like I knew more about that and then what little like, oh, yeah, Dusty Rhodes. I didn't watch in the 80s. I know he was a cool wrestler. I knew this was cool. But getting to hear some of like the cool feuds that he had with like 
with the Korean assassin that kind of yeah. did some did some uh, fun stuff. Um, <laughs> but like the one thing that you know, getting back to maybe some of the stuff that made his life kind of difficult, Dusty lost his father. His father died the day of or the day before Dustin was born, his first son. And like he, his father was always talking about being a grandfather and Dusty like had to deal with a newborn baby and the loss of his father. Like at the same time before also not being present because he was immediately going on the road and working as you know, 340 days a year as a wrestler and just being away from the kid anyway. So really difficult to him in a start. Um, but like I said, l- really learning about some of the cool feuds that he had was really some of the fun stuff that I didn't know with like Billy Graham. And Billy Graham, that, I was going to ask you about. That was an interesting one for me. I liked that. Uh, the story behind that feud. Yeah, I guess just just some recent news. The new uh, documentary series. Well, not new, but like Dark Side of the Ring, which I don't know. I didn't really think about it. Like there's a segment that's going to be called about the Graham family. And I don't know if this is about Billy Graham or not. I just assume that with the old thing, with it being an older time documentary series. Maybe we'll check that out. But yeah, I want to know more about Billy Graham. He seemed like a huge deal in the territories at the time between him and Dusty. So I'd like to learn more about that. Um, One of the one things I thought was really funny was the, the, the time where they acted like Dusty got his leg broken in the ring and they carried him out. And then it was the first time they really started doing some kayfabe stuff where they would film it, him giving on the, uh, on, on TV, they would film him getting onto the ambulance and all that stuff. Like that's one of the first times in like at that time that they were doing any of that stuff on a weekly TV show. That's like mid South wrestling. I think it was at the time was really like the coolest thing ever in the area. But yeah. what was funny and what I liked is that Dustin at one point found the cast that was in the closet and he found the slit on it and realized that his son, like how to put it on and take it off. So he was like, he, he kayfaded his own kids. Like he didn't tell us that it wasn't yeah. real. Like, and I thought, that, man. yeah, like that's just hardcore that he was just doing that to the family uh, with that. Um, you know, the couple other things would touch on would just like, I'm not sure if you had heard the hard times promo before. I had not. Yeah. Like in its entirety of hearing that, like that's famous. That's amazing. It's just so great to hear that. Like the way him going back and forth between him and, and Ric Flair. Uh, it's just amazing. Yeah. When they had, uh, reviewed that, I was like, I feel like I'm being, introduced to an inside joke that i'm gonna get now you know like i feel like people have been saying that to me and i'm just like hard times hard times yeah, yeah right I'm like yeah hard times right ssdd am i right yeah so yes that's just amazing him the stuff some of the promos we got to see of him like just looking and being razzmatazz everything's so sweet everything's amazing i didn't know how flamboyant he was in the ring that was yes. interesting oh, it almost so feels great. like it almost feels like he influenced rick flair's style they yes, well a little bit yeah, a little back and forth between at the time from where they were, and I'm not sure if you had seen the one guy that they talked about with Gorgeous George, yes, which was like before their time, where it was a little black and white, and like how that guy would come in with this huge robe and he would have these 
uh, he would have lays and he would throw them out to the crowd and just be like, oh, amazing yeah. and pompous. And that's where both those guys kind of get their influence. They, from. They'd yeah. love Dalton Castle. Oh, yes. Ex- oh, yes. <laughs> exactly. You Which I'm all in. I love more. that kind of wrestling. You could know, it's just like- nailed it more. Perfect comp. Um, but the other thing that was kind of interesting, and let's see your take on it, was polka dots. What is your in and out of hearing the polka dots? What do you what do you think about the polka dots? Uh, if I recall, he just randomly said to put polka dots on his stuff. Well, I guess it's the first influence I think we got of Vince just being sometimes out of touch and not really getting what maybe some people so would be able to do that. told him he would be wearing polka dots. Well, yes, that too. But remember the story at that time, his transition from being, I'm the everyman who gets my ass beat, is bloody, who looks like you because he looks the same way. He has a big belly. I'm not like the best in the world. I'm the everyman to going to WWF where he was, I'm just a common man. And he was kind of making fun of that, of like, I'm working as a, uh, as a garbage man. And I wear this kind of weird, cool stuff. Cause yeah, I'm just a regular dude, man. And it wasn't the same like elite character that he was in the other promotions or the other places. It, it was visions of dusty. And I think, People who really loved him, who never experienced him before, looked at it so negatively of him just like, that's ridiculous. How are they? Why are they making fun of him? Why are they putting him in this ridiculous outfit? I'll say this. It feels like that influenced Dustin for gold dust. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. That's the relationship that like really wowed me in this documentary. Is It really brought me to tears, honestly, between him and Dustin, between their ups and downs of not having a relationship when they were young, them having something, but him being mad about it and then kind of turning on his dad and not speaking to him for five years and then having this point where he was making fun of his father on screen with the with the with the characters portraying that was just like so off putting, even looking at it now that I'm so happy that they had a reconciliation to the point where they talked about Dusty being a great family man. And we're watching, I bet you both of us agree. We're like, well, the start of this documentary would not agree with your statement, but you're the one who's his, he's your dad. So like, I'm going to agree with whatever you're going to say on that one. Okay. Like, if you think that he's, that's cool. But he does look like he's changed a bit from where he was as a young man. I really did feel for that relationship that they had because it's, it's just a tough spot because it's like, you know, you tell your kid not to do something, they're just going to want to do it more. And, and so it's like he genuinely didn't want him to do it. And he's just like, what can you do? You know, it's either tell him no and he'll do it or you let him do it and he'll do it. Either way, he's going to do it. And you're just like, well, I mean, you know, he stuck to his guns, obviously, but it's just like it sucks to be in that position. So I feel for Dusty because you're just like. No, you, you know, you could uh, like, at least to me, it felt like he was kind of being like, no, you don't want to get involved with this shit. You know, like I'm doing it because I need to get by, but you should go off and, you know, do something better with your life. I meant not better, but you know what I mean? Just like exactly, mm-hmm. you could do more than this sort of thing. And, you know, and uh, Dustin fell right into it. You know, he's doing exactly what I just described. He was like, no, I want to do this because that's you, dad. I'm proud to be around you and stuff like that. It's like, you know, it's like that dog that follows you home and you're like, no, go away. Shoo, shoo. And they like to befriend you. And they just like, they want to follow you home. 
yeah, the relationship was tough to watch. I'm glad that like it it was then to touch on a couple things that were funny. Well, I guess to get to the serious thing real quick would be Dusty being so stubborn of him not really checking up on himself and going to see the doctor. He might still be with us if she just kind of looked at some stuff. So that would be a warning to everybody. Just go to the doctor, do your regular stuff. Um, he did live a, a long life. He so did, he but like his wife kind of admitted that like he goes out of his way to like not go to the doctor, not do anything, not whatever. I'm not saying it would have prevented whatever, but it did seem like whatever yes. was up, he <clears throat> might have gotten a little more issue no, or taken care of if he was just on top of it. So that's all I'm saying. I, have, I don't know nope. anything. I don't know. I don't know anybody. I don't know anything. I'm just kind of. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. I do not mean to diminish the message you are trying to say because I know some people like that and it is very frustrating because you're just like, there's obviously something wrong and you're just ignoring it and you're not doing anybody any favors by ignoring it. So please go get help. Nah. So, I mean, I hated that line that, that they said they quoted from Dusty. They just go, he was, he would just be like, no, if I go to the doctor, then I'll get sick. And it's like, well, no, you are sick. They're just yeah. not telling you that. Yeah, that hit me like, like, yeah, that's not how, okay. So, no, yeah, it, it was just that mind state that he's in. He's just like, ah, I'm, I'm feeling fine. It's like, sure, but that doesn't mean you're doing fine. Humans, humans are a complex body. And just because one, you can't feel a thing doesn't mean it's not in there. Two more lighthearted things that I would mention about the documentary was yeah, I got a lighthearted Cody, thing. Cody talking about the end of uh, at the end of it, going through some pictures and seeing Dusty as a football coach of theirs, and he said that they they had a good team, but they had a second team that was a really big team, and they were called the Jumbo World Order that he <laughs> yeah. would put in, and I'm like, that is a faction. Like, how have we not seen? The jumbo world <laughs> right? somewhere. Exactly. Like, how has that not been influenced somewhere else? KWO. And then if you if you see on some of those like the match that they actually have that they briefly talked about with Cody, Dustin, and the uh, uh, and Dusty um, lately, uh, very late in his career, where he like whipped John Moxley, took the belt bump. Which was pretty he nasty. Gave him the, uh, the elbow too. Yeah, to gave him the elbow. But I believe in that particular picture, it is proven that Cody can pin Roman Reigns. Like I believe I saw that on screen, <laughs> and I'm like, it's oh, gonna happen. I don't think that's. I didn't know that that's happened before, and they have not let us know. Um, <laughs> it's interesting that I saw this in this documentary, but they never talked about it before the match. Before it doesn't exist. No. No, no way. I mean, that could have been something Cody was leaning. He's like, I've done it before. I'm going to do it again. But no, yeah. for some reason, they didn't talk about it. Oh, anyway. Rip. What else? You Hindsight's got about 2020, yeah. right? <laughs> um, trying to think if I did have. Oh, lighthearted. Yes. Um, Dustin looks like Beaker. <laughs> yes, he's gone through. He's got no battles. chin. And there are shots when he's just like. He's just like a, a face. I, I don't know. It's just very funny to me sometimes. And when he's doing that gold dust gimmick, I uh, yeah, the, the, I did uh, not know the gravity of, of gold dust until I watched gold dust. Oh, well, that's the thing. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Hold on, hold on. You committed to this bit. That See, that's surprising. See, the part that I took out of that was that I always knew where he was on the spectrum of being androgynous and like how cool and different he was and uncomfortable for people at the time. And I love the way he pushed the envelope and it was cool. 
but I didn't realize that it was influenced with the relationship that he had with his father. And it put a different spin on it to me going like, oh, I don't really know if it was coming off the same way I thought it was. No, it was a big F you, dad. (laughs) Yeah, so it was, I I have questions about it, but so I don't know exactly how I feel. But at the end there, it did show him like, together when he was still gold dust and like they were taking pictures together so maybe it was different at different times but i don't know it it, before i was just like this is a really cool awesome being extra flamboyant for the crowd and now i'm like you're right was he doing it just to like mess with his dad i don't know and right because his dad was a flame he had kind of had that flamboyant flair to his wrestling style (laughs) so yeah i like that one last thing i do want to say uh, this showed me that I was correct all along and it makes, and I don't understand why everybody's super mad about Cody losing to Roman at WrestleMania because he <laughs> hasn't had enough time to fight the way that dusty made it work back in the day. He's a fighting man's champ. You got to be in on the, on the, as Cody said, you got to be in on the chase. We are not in on oh, the chase. yet. Man, we are you... getting in on the chase. Yes. Oh no. The, the way he lost to, to Ric Flair so many times before he already overcome him. You, you correct. You you're doing it. Doesn't Be that mean he's gonna lose? we have a story to tell? Doesn't that mean he's gonna lose to Roman like two more times before he beats him at Mania next year? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Well, we got a new belt in the mix, so we don't know yet. We, well, we we're the cool. draft's coming up. It's gonna shake the foundations of WWE. I like the fact you're right. I like if it is the chase. Maybe you could just never get to him. And then when he finally does, it happens. Because I would just be impressed to, to see how creative makes it's that. Literally a chase. He can't get back to it. He right, exactly. To He's got to always almost get there every time. And then they're like, you do this and this. And if you win both these matches, you can have a chance. And he only wins the one. And it's like, nope, you got to start at the bottom uh, again. You can't get back to Roman. Yeah. Uh, a lot of nation is speculation. What else we got? What else we got? I think. I think you know what we've got. Because you can hear something happening. That's right. It's the world's fastest. Uh, damn, I missed it. I was. Uh, I don't like that you've changed this NXT minute because I was just about to say the world's fastest NXT minute. I, and say, I, tried, to, I tried to make it the NXT minute, but it's not the NXT minute because I watched all of NXT. And you know what? Before we get to the this this segment that we're leading to, I did want to briefly talk about NXT. So thanks for reminding me of that for a second. <laughs> I only wanted to send well, real quick because this is important. Because we're going to get to the world's fastest recap of AEW Dark. That's yes. right. <laughs> Take <laughs> it away, <laughs> Mr. Rizzo. AEW Dark Minute, Excalibur, and Taz on the mic as we start the show with the QTV's Harley Cameron versus Mafiosa. Taz wants to know what a selfie with two people is, and and Harley gets the victory with a backstabber. Lee Johnson and Blake Christian both got entrances, and it was a great match. Blake with the win. Maybe more from him on Ring of Honor. The wingman, Cesar Bononi, and the King of Dark, the Double H, the Hollywood hunk, Brian Namath, had a very entertaining match. Love the great camera work on the hunk's crotch. Gotta give the people what they want. Mi Segura and the Queen, Emi Sakura, are a great tag team. Segura hit a springboard coup de grace. Honking it. Zach Clayton and the Jake Long had a match while Taz talked about wedgies on YouTube. Yep. Final match on the card had Reynolds and Silver of the Dark Order up against the varsity athletes. 
a lot of action, and a nice finish as the Dark Order win to end the show. I'm sorry, I got distracted. I picked up my cat during that, and uh, they uh, they uh, just got out of the litter box. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Sorry, so I'm just saying that's why I'm like, uh, if you see me distracted, I'm just dealing with that during your minute here. Yes, yes. Well, hopefully you'll you'll be able to listen to that minute back because it was a fun, entertaining time. Even though I might have it sounds like it. I mean, even it. even even with last week too, it was sounded like a gas. So a little housekeeping on both of those. I think maybe we got a winner here. A little housekeeping on both of those. Like I had said before, um, I tried to watch. NXT and I, as much as I watched it and it was somewhat entertained I wasn't able to put together enough like notes and fun stuff I thought to do a minute so and that sounds ridiculous but I mean an entertaining minute I could have just wrote results of the show but so I didn't do that and I want to talk about that for a minute but it sounds like AEW Dark Elevation is ending which is what I tried to watch last week and this was mm. AEW Dark the show that they taped in Orlando I have no idea what the plan is, but like this week's show was like a best of, and I couldn't like uh, it was all old stuff, so it was kind of weird. So I'm not sure what we got planned for them, but I'll still watch something and give you a minute wrestling. It's fun, but real quick with the NXT NXT that happened in the main event that was the triple threat with uh, Roxanne Perez, Indy Hartwell, and Tiffany Stratton. Uh, there was a move where Tiffany Stratton jumped off the top rope onto the floor, to, and it was caught by Indy and. Roxanne and Indy Hartwell, like the way her ankle was bent, like it ended her for the match pretty much. Yeah. And she went like, I watched it in slow-mo. It was really bad. It didn't like break her ankle, but it was just, it was really, really serious to the point where it looked like Tiffany went to go do a move on her and they just, they stopped. She had to stop touch, like uh, let go of her. The medical was working on her and they left. And I'm not saying the match was both, great before but it was really sloppy because the, the two of them had to do a match that live that wasn't they weren't planned on it was like they had no idea what was going on between the two of them and then after a few minutes indy eventually came back in and did eventually win and to retain her title and it was very difficult to see her even like hobble on the on her ankle it was not storyline I have yeah, no idea how real. they pushed it through. Well, because it wasn't that it was not that it looked real, but like the rest of the match between the two ladies was so sloppy of like not a planned this or not this. They were trying, mm. they were calling it live of just trying to do something where there was supposed to be a third person involved to do things, and they're just they're not there. But on the fly, live on TV, they got to make something happen. Yeah, I'm gonna give them credit for like plowing through it. As much as I think most people would be like, well, this is bad. This isn't good. I'm like, hey, they did what they could for never doing that before. These ladies have probably never had a lot of on-the-fly matches that they've had to do. Roxanne, I think, being the most experienced out of the three. So at least she was there to try to make it work. But it was interesting to see what happened, and we'll see what happens on the road. But, yeah, like her ankle looked nasty. She plowed through. It was kind of cool. I just, I just wanted to mention that that's what happened on the whole show. But the rest of it was just weird. That was the main event. That shouldn't have been – like it was kind of it was interesting that where it was in the card, but well, I hope everyone's all right. Yeah, I hope and I love Indy. That's kind of why I I just I love me some Indy Hartwell. Um, but yeah, and then Stax and Lorenzo put Pretty Deadly in the back of a trunk and then threw him in the river. So they're supposedly dead, but I think they're going to be drafted on SmackDown. They should respect. 
Tope Suicida moment of the week. What you got there, Mr. Rizzo? What you looking forward to? I wrote my down early so I didn't forget. Uh, I saw early on that we're running back a match between Vikingo and Kenny Omega. And I'm not sure if you know this, but Kenny Omega sometimes booked from North Carolina. (laughs) I just wanted to to do that real quick. But uh, yeah, Triple Mania, which is kind of like the WrestleMania AAA promotion i'm not exactly sure the date i'm not sure if that's in like august or when exactly is the the match uh it might not be that far away but that's when the match between kenny omega and viking go is happening uh or, or rematch for the title and that's gonna be awesome so check that out whenever it is if you can very nice yes that was a great that was a honker of a match on aew so yes. that's gonna be the one to watch. Uh, for me, my tope, we talked about this earlier in the episode, it's going to be the rivalry between Sean Spears and Ricky Starks. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, against... Um, damn it, I'm blanking on who now. Well, well, wait, hold on. Just to clarify, because I think I know what you mean, but I Just don't Robinson know if they Yeah, I was going to say, you mean Ricky Starks and... Uh, Sean Spears. Sean Spears against teams against Deuce Robinson and Switchblade. Because I would be just as interested between seeing the two of those guys go against each other as well, but the tag team between all four of those guys is just as exciting for me. And it'll be a good one for Sean Spears to come from coming back from injury too. So yeah, I'm excited for that. I give I give it I give it a perfect ten. I give it a ten. Yeah, we're giving tens all up in this (laughs) up in the Hawk if you love wrestling HQ. Yes, speaking of the HQ, send us messages to that HQ. Honk if you love wrestling at Gmail, at Wrestling Honks. Those are the two socials that I remember and hopefully like sort of check out all the time. Um, the YouTube, the, 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 the TikTok, the Flim Flam. Hit us up where you can. The Hurdy Gurdy. Ooh, that's a new one. I don't know that one. Uh, MySpace. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. But we're coming down to the end. I think we did good on time, sir. I think yes, this is yes, great. Thank you for coming along. And as always, honk, honk, honking it. Honking it like it's I like hot. it's hot.